Hi, you guys. Welcome back. This is Richard Sachs. I'm your host on Lost Arts Radio, and this is Lost Arts Radio Live, our Saturday show related to current events. And uh, we just were recording a show with a friend named J.B. Williams, who I think is a really great commentator and writer uh, for a lot of places. And I saw his work on News With Views first. Uh, And he's got an organization called the North American Law Center, North American Law Center, the North American Law Center dot org, or tnalc dot org, and um, they're doing some great work. and And he's got a lot of insightful observation of what's going on in the world right now, which is in ex- extremely uh, important times at the moment. There's various forces opposing each other to find out what's going to happen to us for the future. So I'm going to let. JB himself tell you a little bit about the work that he does. We've got him on the phone, basically, on the Skype phone. And then we'll use the time that we've got to talk about what's going on in the world now and some subjects related to that that I think you'll find really relevant. So welcome, JB, and thanks for being here. I really appreciate your time very much. Always a pleasure to be with you, Richard. Um, yeah, this time is going to go by real fast. It's going to feel like five minutes. It's not like our luxury recording when we can go as long as we want. So I think what I'd like to make sure we cover first is um, let's let's do a basic overview for people that haven't heard of you before, what you're doing with the, the North American Law Center. And then uh, we'll go more into that afterwards, but just as a brief foundation, and then we'll get into the big picture of situation update on what's going on in the world. That's one reason I wanted you to be on live, because this situation is changing so fast that we want people to hear this as we're talking. So first, um, anything you want to mention about relevant background and the North American Law Center, and then we'll get into the topic. Well, I'll be real brief about that, Richard, uh, for all the reasons you just stated. Um, anybody who wants to know more about me can just simply Google J.B. Williams online and you'll find me pretty quick. Good. Um, I'm out there uh, for quite a long time now, over 25 years and more than 3,000 published columns. So I'm not that hard to find <laughs> online. Right. Right. And, um, um, and so anybody who wants to know more, know how I think and what I think, News With Views archives are, are very in-depth. They go back years um, yeah. for anybody willing to spend that much time. Um, but in any event, North American Law Center is a citizen-run and operated nonprofit um, organization that focuses pretty much all of its energy on returning the United States to its constitutional foundational principles and values and the rule of natural law and natural rights uh, instead of what we have today, which is the, the rule of men over men through common law practices, um, whether it come from legislators legislating laws that are beyond the authority granted them in a the constitution mm-hmm. uh, or executive orders from the executive branch or opinions from courts which are not themselves law under the constitution. But most Americans think they are because we've got a long, long extended period of deceptions that people live under today. So 
Um, we are a citizen-run and operated organization. We do a ton of research. We do a lot of work in the constitutional realm. Uh, we do some work in the military law realm as well. And we are not a law firm, and I'm not a lawyer. I'll, I have to put that up for everyone to know. Um, I probably could pass the bar after the, all the years of doing what I, I do. Um, and I probably know a lot more about the Constitution than most lawyers do. But other than that, um, that's a brief background. North American Law Center, TNALC.org. People can visit there and learn more about that operation. Anybody who wants to know more about me personally um, can just look, you know, look up J.B. Williams online. Okay. I want to finish that little part by saying, in reality, I'm nobody special. I'm very much an average American entrepreneurial spirit that cares deeply about what's going on in this country and trying to help a lot of people do something about it. So the North American Law Center, is it accurate to say that it's a consulting company? And if so, who are, what kind of clients does it work for? It is a research and consulting uh, group, largely when we're dealing with things like uh, legal cases, being the civilian or the military side. We are consultants in that arena. We're also consultants and researchers um, when it comes to helping legislators draft good uh, legislation, constitutionally grounded legislation, or get rid of things that are not constitutional. Mm -hmm. So largely it's a consulting group when we're dealing outside you know, with other people in different, you know, different parts of power. Right, exactly. <clears throat> and I know that um, people in general don't have time, you know, if they're working and taking care of a family and doing other things, they don't have time to keep up with what's really going on in the world. And a lot of them listening to us now are in different places and not necessarily just the United States, but the reason that one reason that the U.S. is so relevant to people in any country of the world is that it's the only place I know of where there's still this much memory among some of the residents of, of what uh, used to be respected as individual freedom. And it's actually written into the founding documents. So, and the thing about how it's written into the founding documents is that it specifically says that since the rights, natural rights come from God, they belong to people all over the world. So anybody that's watching us has the same rights. And what happens here, whether they, those rights live or die, makes a difference for the whole world. So if you had to characterize for the people that don't necessarily get a chance to keep up with all the developments and maybe are still watching uh, mainstream fake news, how would you characterize the point we're at right now and the most essential things that are being decided in world events? Well, I would, I would assess where we're at as a country right now as extraordinarily dangerous uh, place. And I think uh, to assess the world would be even more so. Um, the problem is, you know, people come from every corner of the earth to this country for 245 years because they were in search of the things that we were given by our forefathers and our founders endowed by our creator, but established by our founder, the founding fathers right. and the world over knows that. And it doesn't exist in that form or to that extent anywhere on earth, as you just mentioned. And so 
you know, looking forward, the hope of that existing anywhere on earth depends on it existing in the United States. And at the moment, it really doesn't exist in the United States. People are living under uh, a impression or a belief that they live in freedom when in fact they don't. Um, and so, you know, we are in a very, very dangerous place. Things are accelerating very quickly, um, often referred to as a quickening, which is, you know, when you think about an airplane falling out of the air, you know, from 30,000 feet, it takes a long time to get from 30,000 feet to that 1,000 feet mark, but that last 1,000 feet goes really quick. Right. And that's kind of how I see where we're at as a country right now. It, you know, we've already gone from 30,000 feet to 20 and from 20 to 15 and from 15 to 5, and now we're, you know, we're still headed towards the turf. And we're down under 5,000 feet now. And so the quickening has taken place. And, and you know, and unless we can throttle up and pull back on the yoke, uh, we're going to hit the ground. Do you think the engines lost power or they're just going in the wrong direction? I think that our engines still work the same way they did 245 years ago. But, you know, the engine of freedom and liberty in this country or anywhere on Earth is the people itself. The fuel is what it takes to run that engine and 245 years ago our founders were full of fuel um, mm-hmm. but now um, an increasing uh, segment of our population is less so they've become accustomed to um, for lack of a better terminology you know we have become fat dumb and happy as a country and we prefer to keep it that way if we can believing that we can when in fact um, we are not going to be able to keep it that way you know, the people at some point are going to be awakened one way or another, and they are going to have to fuel freedom once again. Right. So you referred to the North American Law Center as a research and consulting company or organization. Um, in your research, what do you see as possible solutions to what you just described? I personally only see one solution. Mm-hmm. One general solution, and, you know, probably this is a good point to make uh, at this juncture in the conversation, and that is, you know, the list of broken things in our country right now is extensive, Um, and there are a lot of people in this country that are working along a lot of those broken pieces. The problem is, unless we deal with the root of the problem... Uh, itself, unless we deal with the illness, the symptoms are just going to keep piling up. Right. And, and so I see people trying to get out there and be more active than they once were in their lives and what they planned on being politically mm-hmm. or legislatively and going to town hall meetings or going to meetings with legislators and, and uh, voicing their opinions, whether it's about education or about the vaccines or about the masking or about, um, you know, uh, the gun rights or whatever in the Second Amendment or right. you know, First Amendment rights. They're out there fighting all these things. But the problem is those all of those battles are a symptom of a much greater problem, in my opinion. And unless we address the illness, the symptoms are just going to keep piling up. And so uh, I'm getting to the point now where I look at all of these efforts people are making on this laundry list of broken things that need to be fixed as nothing more than distractions keeping them from focus on the one thing that has to be fixed. 
And the one thing that has to be fixed is the American people have to return to understanding, appreciating, revering, and enforcing their foundational rights under natural law, um, which come from our creator and not from any man or any man-made political body. These people that we are complaining about that have such low approval ratings today, every last one of them is, quote-unquote, a public servant, and yet they behave like kings and queens because we allow them to. And that is what has to change and has to change very quickly, or we are not going to be able to avoid hitting the ground here. One of the things that I hear a lot from people that when you bring this idea up that, well, you allowed it, they just feel, they honestly feel, most of them, that there's nothing they can do. Well, and I hear that a lot, too. And everybody who says that, it falls into one of two categories. They're either someone smart enough to realize that alone there's nothing they can do, alone there's nothing any of us can do. Which only means we can't work alone. We have to work in groups. We have to work in enough numbers to be able to do what we're what we want to do here. We cannot do any of the thing about any of this by ourselves, sitting at home watching television on Fox News or whatever, you know, uh, wringing our hands and gnashing our teeth. Um, they're right. If that's all, if that's the limit and the extent of their involvement, they're right. There's nothing they can do, and that's one category. And the other category is ones you know that understand that they have to work in groups, but they allow themselves to be distracted by a laundry list of these secondary issues so that they never quite get around to focusing on the illness itself. They just keep trying to put Band-Aids on on the symptoms. And so, you know, that's my answer to that. And in the long run, you know, the, the bottom line for me personally is everybody who insisted there's nothing they could do was simply someone who was letting you know there's nothing they were ever going to do. Yeah. So I guess the first category is the ones that may end up being able to actually do something if they find a group that they can work with. Right. The second ones that you described don't want to. Well, you know, I've spoken about this before in our interviews, you know, fear is what motivates most people one way or the other. Some people it motivates them into paralysis, but other people, the same fear and the same events will will motivate them into action. And so, you know, the ones that are uh, naturally going to respond to a threat with action is the people that have to get up, get organized, get together, and take action together. The people who are going to be paralyzed by fear, um, they are not going to be helpful at all. Okay, so at this point, you've got a pretty big group together, which could be one of those groups of people working together, right? Connected to what you're saying. Absolutely. But I admit to you, even in our organization, it's a struggle every day to keep people focused on the most important things. They've got, you know, I don't know if you remember the old um, movie came out a long time ago when when you and I were a whole lot younger called Sybil. It was about a girl who was mentally ill and had umpteen different personalities. And and I kind of feel that way about our country, you know, in the sense that all of us, myself included. We have a thousand screaming voices in our head coming from the media, coming from Hollywood, coming from the radio and talk shows, coming from uh, education, coming from the pulpit, coming from everywhere we turn. We've got this thousand screaming voices in our heads, a lot of them telling them what we should do. But you have to silence all those voices, get quiet, 
for a moment long enough to be able to figure out for yourself, you know, what has to happen here. Right. So your group is, it has a lot of people at this point, right? What, what's the approximate size? Well, there's 330 million people in this country, approximately. We don't have anywhere near that number, so we don't have enough. Okay. <laughs> but you're, you're pretty our, good. Son. Our opponents, by the way, have a lot more people than we do or, or than oh, yeah. even live in this country. So, And it's not it, – it is it, – we do have to move in numbers because all of this requires team sport activities in order to get things accomplished. But we don't have to have 330 million people. People forget that even 245 years ago or longer than that now, um, during the original Revolutionary War, it was 3% of the people that really made the difference. 30%, you know, at some point were engaged in the Revolutionary War. Another third of, of the population didn't even know it was happening. And the last third actually thought we should keep England around. And so, right. you know, the, right. that's not, at the end of the day, all that much different than, you know, our condition today. The difference is even the one percenters or three percenters or 30 percenters that are willing to help, they're not functioning together as a unit. That's the difference. So, um, so what, do you, what do you do to bring that into coordination within your group? If I knew that, Richard, if I knew the answer to that question, I'd have 10 times the people I do. <laughs> okay. Because I know people tend to go off in their own directions, right? It's like what's been referred to as herding cats. Well, that's on, that's on the what, what, for again, a lack of a better term, um, is reflected in the political right, if you will. And I don't really think of things in right and left other than that's how people understand it when we're talking about it. That's how they can relate to what we're talking about. I look at right. things as simply right and wrong. Um, you know, I don't really right. care whether somebody's got an R.O.D. or an I behind them name. What I care about is whether or not they're doing the right things, not not in what they say, but in what they do. Um, and by the way, that's what our creator cares about, too. They, he really doesn't care what what you have to say. He's watching what we do. And right. that's why that's why we do what we do. You and I both. And well, these so, freedom-oriented people tend to be more individual, and they're very independent-minded. Yeah. Um, most of them are either mid or upper-level management, or business owners, or entrepreneurs, or investors, inventors, things like that. Um, mm -hmm. Most of them are movers and shakers, but they're they're accustomed to and they like being able to be movers and shakers all by themselves. Um, but even in companies, they can't, you know, the, to move beyond, um, you know, starting a business by yourself sooner yeah. or later, you have to bring people to bear in order to grow that business. And that's, there's no difference here. The difference is you're not anybody's boss. And so everybody enters the room, uh, wanting to be a chief and that doesn't leave any Indians. Right. So is that kind of the main issue right now and making it more effective is, how do you answer the question about organizing people who are very independent? I think that has a lot to do with it. Unfortunately, I think greed still has a lot to do with it as well. People have become extraordinary. Some people, a few, a handful, have become extraordinarily wealthy over the last 10 or 12 years working on things like this and getting people to support what they're doing. And they end up buying multi-million dollar homes or two or three of them, like the BLM leader right. did recently. Uh, and they're living in mansions like Bernie Sanders um, on the backs of their donors, you know. 
But then there's other organizations that are usually horribly underfunded, ours and, and several, numerous others uh, out there, that are really doing it the right way and trying to do the right things. But, you know, the fact is people would prefer a comfortable lie to an uncomfortable truth. It's just right. part of human nature. Um, and so when you start telling people what's really going on and what they're going to have to do about it, uh, you lose people very quickly because they were planning on somebody else doing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So motivation is is a really key issue and understanding, I guess, of, of what's happening. And within your group, I would imagine that a lot of them are still watching regular television, getting their information from there. Probably not too many in our group. Okay. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah, probably not too many in our group. So what kind of activities does your group, you know, have in mind to do as aside from just the consulting aspect of what you do? Well, I think where we are as a country right now, really only one thing <laughs> has to be done. There's a lot of things that can and should be done, but one thing has to be done. And that is we have to expose reverse and prosecute the election of 2020. And I know that there's a, a lot of people that according to what they say are on our side of the fight for freedom and liberty going forward in the country who disagree with that statement, who disagree with what I just said. There's a lot of them that think we should just shut up, sit down and move on. Well, I, all I can say to that is over 245 years, that's exactly how we got where we are is right. people deciding to go along to get along. That's what allows all this to happen. And so, you know, I, uh, for many years I use a, a phrase, there's never a wrong time to do the right thing. But there are times when you don't have any choice but to do the right thing, and we're at one of those moments. Yeah. Well, one thing that happened during the election is the exposure of the fact that the scope of the of the corruption is amazing and the coordination of it. I mean, thousands of pla of uh, voting centers all over the country were working in coordination to make sure that the wrong information came out in the end, and probably not just the so-called swing states, but all the rest as well. And it, what I'm thinking is it may answer many questions, one of them being, how did we actually elect the worst people to be in positions of power all over the country? And the answer might be we, we didn't. Well, I think there's two answers to that. Um, in general, I think the answer is over time, as American politics have become more and more corrupt uh, and more and more of, of a, a sewer, really, good people don't even want to seek office. Uh, That's you true. Know, if you watch how mm -hmm. Trump and his family were treated for the last five years, six years now, going on six years, Right. Uh, ever since he came down the escalator in 2015, uh, nobody in their right mind would want their whole family to be treated like that. Um, yeah. And so, you know, yeah. I think number one is, for the most part, really solid, good people don't run for office, number one. Um, and, and if they do, they're quickly corrupted once they're elected because they're right. sat down and taught how the game is played. And if they won't play the game, then they'll be out of the game. And so... Um, but then there is the side that you're referring to as well. And so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, there's no getting around this fact. Whatever happens in this particular country, good, bad, or indifferent, 
the buck stops with the American people. Either they allowed right. it to happen right. or they made it happen or participated in making it happen. They, either way, they are complicit and they are responsible for what happens in this country. If it falls, it won't be because of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris or Barack Obama or Bill or and Hillary Clinton or a whole laundry list of people that are just as corrupt and evil as the ones I just named. It'll be because of the 330 million people who allowed it to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And um, your point is good about the election and why we end up with such terrible people in office almost all the time. And that's that even if the people did vote accurately and elect the best person, the best is usually a really bad quality, right? Because the good ones is, don't, don't run. Yeah, it, it is in recent years, and that's gone on for, when I say recent, it's gone on for quite a long time. I was thinking the other day when I was working on a column, mm. you know, if I could name two presidents in the last uh, 100 years, since 1900 even, if uh -huh. I could, you know, if I had to name, you know, presidents <clears throat> that I thought were actually very good America-loving presidents, in that whole time frame, more than 120 years now, I could only name two, uh, Reagan and Trump, both of which had their own awards, all people do. Um, but I do believe both of those men loved this country, and they were willing to give up their own personal uh, wealth and, and uh, position in the world in the private sector in order to try to make a difference. And, and that's yeah. the only two in the last 120 years that I could even name. So it's motive. It's not that they understood everything correctly. It's that they actually wanted to do something good. You know, it all comes down to our intentions. None of us know what we don't know. And mm -hmm. so all we're working with every day is the best that we know that day. And yeah. so, uh, and that would be true of anybody who's in politics. But when you see someone like the two I just named, and you believe that they, whatever their warts are aside, um, as human beings, if you believe, if you see the things that they're doing, not what they're saying, but what they're doing is improving things for the American people and the future of freedom and, and liberty, and their intent is clearly those things, then that's somebody we should want in power. It doesn't yeah. mean they're perfect. It doesn't mean they're going to be right all the time because they're the same as us. They're going to be working only with what they know today. Tomorrow, right. next week, next month, next year, they may figure out and learn something new that makes them reverse what they thought today. Same yeah. as us. But, yeah. uh, you know, these are not superhuman beings that we're dealing with here. They're just human beings, same as us. I, I also, if allowing for flaws and areas of ignorance and things like that, I think there's one more that I've noticed some definitely good motivation in, and that was John Kennedy. But you may disagree with me on that. What do you think? I don't. I, actually, I don't. I think JFK is the only Democratic president, Democrat president in the last 120 years that I would, I would say trended in the same direction as the two I named. Yeah, I and, can't. And I, I can't think of any others either. Yeah, I would. I think JFK had a lot of the right ideas, uh, and I also think that's why he's dead. I totally agree. It, it was supposed to be this lone gunman. It's always a lone gunman, right? It's not a lone killer. They have to mention gunman because the gun made him do it. But in the case of Kennedy, uh, it's really well uh, substantiated at this point that it was a massive conspiracy that ended up killing him. And there were reasons. There were many reasons. And just like with, with Trump, who had major flaws, 
but the danger to the deep state and to the rulers was that his intention was good. And I still think that, and I've been excommunicated by a lot of people who think that that's ridiculous, and he was in on all the bad stuff. But he did things which were not acceptable if he was a servant of evil, and the same with Kennedy. And Kennedy tried to shut down the Federal Reserve. Not too many people have done that. Andrew Jackson had the same attitude, but nobody more recent than I, than I know of. And apparently that executive order is still on the books. It just was ignored. Well, you know, that's what we do um, in the last 120 years or more, is it really doesn't matter what the law is because we don't follow the law anymore. It doesn't really at the moment matter what the Constitution or Bill of Rights says. We don't follow that either. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a good example, actually, by about what I mean when I say we have to focus on the problem, not the symptoms. That, you know, those things are symptoms of the problem. Um, you know, we should follow them. And if we did, we wouldn't be having these conversations today. Right. But, but we're having these conversations because we don't follow them. So when people are focused on amending things we don't pay any attention to, that's like, you know, that's like amending uh, the policy on a roll of toilet paper just before you flush it down the toilet. Right, right. Yeah, and, and you know, talking about the constitutions, there's basically it's a hint of of the morality that should be behind the way the country is run but there's no way they could put everything you know in detail in the constitution if this happens then make sure you do this re- remedy and i mean especially hundreds of years into the future it's the spirit of it that needs to be maintained and i think the other thing is that officially and legally, the Constitution only re- only restricts the federal government. So if you've got state governments going berserk and big corporations that are carrying out fascism by proxy for the federal government, the Constitution, as if I'm correct, doesn't restrict what they can do. That's got to come from other places. You have that exactly correct. The Constitution governs the federal government and nobody else. The Bill of Rights governs the federal government and nobody else. Right. And this this notion of executive order is completely misunderstood. It's supposed to be within the department for the employees of that department that the person making the order is over. So if, you know, the presidents have been ignoring that or maybe not even understanding it for many presidencies and saying if they don't like what Congress is doing or not doing, they can just make an executive order, and it becomes essentially law, de facto law, right? which is, has no basis. It has no basis. It has no authority and no power of law behind it. The problem, again, uh, is we, you know, we spend uh, all of our time fighting perceptions, uh, not reality. Reality is um, the Constitution says and means exactly what it says in print. Right. It doesn't mean anything more or anything less than what it says. The same with the Bill of Rights. But we have all of these, quote-unquote, experts like Fauci in the medical community, except in the legal community, coming up with all these wild-eyed, harebrained notions of what those documents mean, either things that they don't say, and I'll give an easy example of that for people to relate to. Separation of church and state does not exist anywhere in any of our founding documents. 
We know historically right. where that came from. It came from two letters, one from the Danbury Baptist to Fred Jefferson and one from Jefferson back to the Danbury Baptist answering their question. But before you can understand what Jefferson said in his answer, you first have to understand what the Danbury Baptists were asking. And most people don't look that far. And so they just assume they heard somebody say once that there's a trip, you know, separation of church and state in our founding. It doesn't exist. And by the way, it can't exist because, not because of man-made religions or man-made religious doctrines, but because everything our founders built is based on natural law, the laws of nature, as endowed by our creator. So the only way you can destroy all of that is to separate us from our creator. Right, and say that the laws basically have no ethical basis. They're just whatever people want to make as a law. Which is what the definition of common law, which is what we function okay. on today. Yeah, there's not very unified understanding of common law, I don't think, because there's a lot of groups that, that really believe they're oriented toward freedom, and they say common law is the way to get that back. And you're talking about a completely different understanding of it, I think. That's absolutely correct, and which is why I said earlier, I may, in fact, know more about the Constitution than most lawyers do. Uh, isn't, because, isn't common law basically precedent law? Yes, it is. It's the law of commons, which comes from British law. You know, imagine for just even a second, you know, the, the people who fought and died and risked everything to throw King George and the British uh, common law out of this country only to reestablish the new nation on common law. Imagine that. That's not even remotely possible. You know, so it is, uh, you know, it's ironic. And this is what's been done for 245 years, but actually it's been done for thousands of years, is mass deception. The experts tell us not what we heard, but what we should have taken away from what we heard. Not what we read, but how we should interpret what we read as if we cannot interpret it ourselves. And that's how things uh, get turned inside out and upside down the way they are now. Hmm. It's very simple. It's very simple. There's only two kinds of law on earth. Man-made law and natural law. You cannot serve both. You can only serve one. And the people have to decide, and you know, which one they're going to serve. Are they going to serve men or are they going to serve nature? They're going to serve nature's God. And before people get upset with me for using the term God, that's exactly what's in our Declaration of Independence. Yeah, that's to establish right. upon the earth our proper station as according to the laws of nature and of nature's God. Go read it for yourself. It's in the opening paragraph of our Declaration of Independence. Right. And, I mean, what you just said could be misconstrued by people who think that you're saying governments should not make any laws, and I don't think you're saying that. You're, I'm not, I'm not you're saying, saying they I'm should saying, be in harmony with the natural law, right? That's correct. I'm saying they should not and cannot, according to the Constitution and Bill of Rights, make laws that are not uh, aligned with natural law. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. They do it all day, every day. But again, we're dealing in a perception that they have the authority to do that when, in fact, they don't. So we got government acting way outside of its authorized jurisdiction, but we also have a, a problem now because everything has become uh, legally a corporation or a lot of things have. Even a lot of uh, government 
uh, agencies have become their own for-profit corporations. And I think part of the reason they do that is plausible deniability of a kind because if they're a corporation, they're not controlled by the Constitution. Well, the people themselves are not controlled by the Constitution either. Those documents, again, were written to control the federal government and nobody else. Right. So, so, you know, I don't hate the idea of government. I hate the idea of corrupt government. I don't hate corporations, but I don't like corrupt corporations. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't hate exactly. people. I don't hate people, but I hate people's corrupt nature and behavior. And we have to separate it all that way, in my opinion, because, you know, divided we fall. And the reason we are in such huge trouble right at the moment is this country is divided against itself like never before in history and beyond that of any other country on earth, earth right now. And divided we will fall. So how do they divide us? Well, they make some people hate Democrats. They make other people hate Republicans. They make right. some people hate black people. And they make other people hate white people. They make some people hate criminals. Other people hate law enforcement. They make some people hate people. Other people hate corporations. This is the mass deception and division that is causing the decline and fall of our nation, fundamentally. Well, it's, it's really being fed by the media corporations as well, right? Every day, just all day and all night. Steady diet. Yeah. Psychological operation primarily. Yes. And the corporations doing that are not technically controlled by the Constitution, right? No, they're not. But, you know, if you look at the corporations that are most involved in that, these are not U.S. corporations. These are international corporations. They have an international agenda. They don't have an American agenda. Right, exactly. No, they, in fact, most of them don't even know who they're working for. They just read the teleprompters and follow orders. Sure, sure. So it's a challenge. I mean, that it's like we talked about before. This is the chess puzzle that came in the morning paper. You know, here's where the pieces stand right now. You've got the media telling, you know, lies all day, every day, and all night, and can, or orchestrated lies designed to make people uh, not be able to see clearly. And you've got the so-called education system completely backing that up now, from preschool to universities. And they're keeping this psychology going. So and they're not government agencies. So you guys must have talked and thought a lot about how that gets fixed, right? Well, I'll tell you, many of the people at North American Law Center, myself included, are professional strategists. Yeah. Um as well. And so not just good researchers, but also, you know, once we know what we're dealing with, we're pretty good about coming up with strategies on what to do about it. Uh, and that takes into account that we don't expect anybody today, especially in power, to do the right thing simply because it's the right thing to do. We right. expect them to do the right thing when we don't give them any other choice. So our strategies are usually designed to not give them a choice. And so... Um, unfortunately, that's pretty much what we have to do nowadays. Uh, they're not going to do the right thing just because it's the right thing. And so you bring up a really good point. And so from our perspective, my perspective, you know, when you are outmanned, outgunned, 
um, out-machined, out-funded, out-everything, and your enemy controls all the elements that our enemy controls in this country right now. There's right. only one. There's only one way to win. In order to know that, you have to understand that you can't win a game on their field, on their terms, under their rules. <laughs> you can't win that game. That game is designed for them to win, no matter what you do. And that's why yeah. people get frustrated and feel helpless, like there's nothing they can do. So there right. is only one thing you can do at that point, and that is change the game. Okay, so what do you change it into? We go back to respecting natural law and natural rights and stop treating men making laws that they don't follow, but we're supposed to as some kind of king or queen. So you have to get that attitude into a certain amount of the population, correct? That's correct. That makes you not only a consulting and legal research firm, but an educational organization. And even an activist organization, because right. when we're done, you know, researching and developing strategies for dealing with this, mm. we then move into action, implementing it. We don't just, you know, write it in a book and make a million dollars selling it from a book. We actually try to move into action on it. Can you give an example of how that kind of thing becomes an action plan? Sure. Everybody's been dealing with COVID-19 uh, nonsense for, what, 15, 16 months now? Yeah. Um, back in May of 2020, back in January, February, we knew that it was all a scam, every bit of it. We knew right, it. Right. We told people, we told our people, it's a scam. Here's why, here's how, who's behind it. All the things that are now starting to come out 14, 15, 16 months later, even in the press today, yeah. Things we told our people over a year ago, all the stuff about Fauci, all about the funding of the Wuhan lab, all about patient zero being an employee of Wuhan lab it coming out of there. These are all things we told our people in February of last year. So we stay on top of as much as we can with the resources we have. And we, we let our people know what's really going on. But because of all that, I may as people were trying to push back against governor's uh, excessive orders on COVID lockdowns and masking and social distancing and, you know, throwing their incomes away and waiting for a handout from daddy government. Yeah. You know, up in Michigan, one of the worst in the country under governor Whitmer, we were called in on a case or a few cases up there actually that was challenging governor Whitmer's, authority to do what she was doing and what she was doing was just flat out treasonous frankly um yeah she, she, she unfortunately continues that that tyranny today but yeah. and i'll come back to that particular point but here's an example of the work we do and what we mean by change the game we had advised a number of attorneys and law firms that were handling those cases back in may to to drop everything that they were already doing forget the federal courts Forget the lower courts in Michigan. Take a case directly to the state Supreme Court under original jurisdiction. And here's how. And we even drafted the model suit for them. And they all said, you're right. But if we try that, we'll be laughed out of the court. We're not doing it. So they, every lawyer involved from May till September did exactly what they were trained in law school to do. And they lost case after case after case after case after case. Okay. Just the way we told, just as we told them they would, 
because yeah. that system is designed for you to lose. And we were trying to change the game. And so we finally, after all of that, we got a break of luck or of divine intervention, if you will. Yeah. When, a, when a federal judge got one of those cases and said, this doesn't belong in the federal court. This belongs in your state Supreme Court. So I'm going to throw it to your state Supreme Court and make them answer the question. This is a state issue at the moment until they answer. Now, once your state Supreme Court gets it wrong, now it's a federal issue if you want to bring it to the federal court. But until they get it wrong, it's a state issue, right? Which is exactly what we've been telling them since May, right? So the federal judge threw it over to there. And once that happened, then we could work with one lawyer out of the whole group, two out of the whole group that understood what we were saying. And they refashioned their case for the state Supreme Court. And we got a seven to zero out of a liberal court in Michigan run by Democrats. We got a seven to nothing decision that everything she had done, the governor had done up there since April 28th. Uh-huh. was unlawful and unconstitutional and was thrown out. And not only was that thrown out on a four to three decision, we got the law she was hiding behind, which was first put in place in 1945, thrown out as unconstitutional as well. That's what happens when you change the game. Yeah, that's super encouraging. And I remember hearing about that. Now, when that decision happened, did she change what she was doing? She had no choice. She couldn't do what she had been doing the way she had been doing it. So what she did was then she passed off her authority that she didn't hold to the health department officials and ordered them to go out and start doing the same thing to okay. the people. Well, the problem is the health department is under the executive branch. So yeah, yeah. If, she, if the top executive doesn't have the authority, they can't pass the authority. So we shut that down too. Wow, that is really encouraging. I know Whitmer was doing unbelievable things, making it illegal to buy garden seeds and all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. Now, she is still doing a lot of what she was doing as best she can, and she will until she's removed from office. Because she has national office ambitions. She's trying to buy her way into D.C. by buying favor in D.C. doing what she's doing. I would think that she'd be getting a lot of credit with those guys because she seems totally demonic so far. You're right. She's one of their favorites. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Amazing. So um, the basic pattern that you're following is educating your group members, right? And then coming and strategizing with probably a, a like a, some kind of a steering group within your company. And then putting that into action as you did in, in Michigan. That's very accurate. Okay. So with respect to the national election that you said was the key issue, and I can see that, um, what's the approach with that? And what do you think about the audits that are happening? Well, I think within the next 30, 60 days, uh, it's going to be proven uh, that the elections were stolen through mass corruption and mass unlawful activities and mass fraud, fraudulent right. and voters. Um, 
within the next 30, 60 days in, in more than one state, in, in a number of states, I believe that'll be proven within the next 30, 60, 90 days. So the question is, what happens then? Exactly. The only place they, the only place they can take that to, well, first off, they have to, each one of those states where, they're, where it altered the outcome of the election, they need to decertify their election results. The minute one state does that, now it throws the whole national elections into question. Right. And, and to be honest, and to be honest, fraud took place in all 50 states. It's just that there's yeah. only about 10 states where it altered the outcome. And so that's why that's where the focus is. Right. And I don't think the Constitution says what to do when this situation happens, does it? Well, the Constitution doesn't because it's not written for that purpose. You know? right. right. I've had people tell me, you know, natural law, when, when I'm, have, I'm talking about natural law or natural rights or natural born over the years, that's been topic two, which also comes out of natural yeah. law, not, not from man-made law. Um, and so, uh, but, and I'll have people, you know, who don't like what I'm saying, uh, they'll call in sometimes to a radio show and raise their hand and ask a question. They'll go, well, well. That's, there's no definition for that in the Constitution. So what do you say about that? I say, well, first off, there's not a definition section in the Constitution for any word yeah. in it. So yeah. if you need a dictionary in order to have your own definition section, I suggest that you get an 1828 Webster's because that's the terms that were in use and the definitions at the time. And that's yeah. what you'll have to go by. And that is your definition section now. So if you need help, you can find it in a dictionary, a period uh, dictionary, contemporary right. dictionary for the time. Right. And right. so, um, but there's not a definition section there for a reason. It wasn't written. None of those documents were written in legalese. If they were, you'd have trouble reading them and you would have to hire an attorney to explain it to you. Yeah. But it was written in plain English so that you would never have to do that in order to understand what it says and what it means. And so... For the most part, you know, if you're above a third or fifth grade uh, reading comprehension skill, you don't need a lawyer to explain any of it to you. It's in plain English. Well, and the so, legal system was not intended to be owned by lawyers anyway, originally, right? Well, that's absolutely true. In fact, back in their time frame, a lawyer simply meant someone who's learned in the law. You know, yeah. the person is often referred to as a lawyer, as are many of the founders, but they were not lawyers by today's definition of a lawyer or an attorney. Um, and then you get even worse when you get to the ABA, the American Bar Association, which only right. represents, represents about 40% of the lawyers in the country. But if you're not a member of the ABA, you'll not even be considered for a judgeship anywhere in the country. Right. So it's, uh, it's corrupted beyond um, – it's not beyond repair, but you know, people think they can look at these situations and the whole house is on fire. And their solution is to go put in a new mail, pretty mailbox in front of it. That isn't going to do anything yeah. to save the house. But you'll sure have a nice mailbox. And so um, out in front of the burnt house. And so that, that's not what we have to do here. What we have to do is the house is crumbling because the foundation is crumbling. We have to bring in a crew to jack the house back up to its original position, fortify the, the foundations again, uh, which is the... What is referred to, and I'm amazed how many people don't even know this term, charters of freedom. What are the charters of freedom? It's three documents. That's all. It's the Declaration, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. Those three things make up the charters of freedom. And there's a reason why they've always been called that, but most Americans are not even familiar with that term today. And yeah. that's, our, that's our real issue, is 
Uh, you know, Americans have been born into deceptions and grown up in those deceptions. And they are creatures of habit that, you know, largely will comply with customs and traditions um, that they grew up around. Instead of stopping for five seconds to question whether or not they make any sense at all. So what are the prospects for changing that for the better while the corporate media is going in the other direction? And I haven't heard anybody that's got a solution for that. Actually. Well, so here's, here's my solution to everything. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fundamentally, help. here's my solution to everything. That'll help. You know, people talk about passing new election laws as an example. Why would we even bother when two things are true? A, we don't follow any laws to begin with, whether it's the old ones or the new ones you're working on right now. And right. B, anybody who violates the old ones or the new ones has no consequences. Yeah. So. yeah. so the real issue is consequences. That's the real issue. When you make consequences, and in many cases severe consequences, for the actions people take, now you can uphold and enforce the law and the rule of natural rights and natural law. Now, with consequences, you can do that. But without consequences for violating the law, whether it's man's laws or God's laws, either one, without consequences, nobody has to follow the law, and there's no remedy. You could pass all the laws you want. It won't matter because nobody's following any of them. There's no penalty for not following any of them. Right. So the so whole that- real key to solving any of these issues is consequences. And to get over the idea of non-enforcement or selective enforcement somehow to get that changed. Again, I don't usually think much in terms of, in terms of right, left, middle, um, independent. I think in terms of right and wrong. Right. If you're doing the right things, you got no worries. If you're not doing the wrong things, I mean, if you're not doing the right things and you're doing wrong things that affect every American, you should have huge worries. You should actually be worried about being hanged in front of the White House when you're doing those sorts of things. Right. That's what they mean when they say when the government fears the people, there's freedom, something like That's that. That's correct. That's correct. So if it's, you know, which it looks like it will be, if it's exposed that the election was fraudulent, the media will be out there saying, well, too bad, we'll really try to do it better next time, right? This is a good lesson. And what needs to happen is it needs to be reversed, and which is a consequence, like what you're saying. That's correct. But, and but, for the media, they have to have consequences, too. They don't get a free pass just because they operate under the First Amendment any, any more than we do. We, don't, we can't run into, as, as an example used many times in this conversation, we don't get to run into a crowded theater and scream fire when there's no fire and cause mass chaos and death and not have any responsibility for it. But, but that's exactly what the mass media is doing 24-7 is they're standing in a perfectly good theater screaming fire and, and it's causing chaos and death as a result. You know, we're going to end up with somebody, you know, the official experts saying that nearly a million Americans in the last two years, by the time we get to two years out, died of COVID-19. Yeah. Well, well, that won't be true, number one. But whether it's 20,000 or two million, it's the responsibility of that belongs to the experts that put us there and the media who promoted it. That's who's right. responsible for that. And if there's no consequences for those actions, if they are not responsible to report the truth, then why would they re- report the truth? So once the election results are shown to be totally fraudulent, 
what's the avenue for having anything happen because of that? It's got to go to the U.S. Supreme Court. There's nowhere else it can go, but not until after it's it's proven and states begin to decertify. Once they decertify, um, you know, state by state, whether it's Arizona or Georgia or Michigan or Pennsylvania, and they're all working on it now. Yeah. Pennsylvania, yeah. Pennsylvania had a delegation in Arizona this past week, and I think they're going to begin pushing for a forensic audit there. And Georgia's already starting theirs. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, people are trying to push to get one there as well. And so, you know, the, these things are going to be proven beyond any reasonable doubt of a sane person anywhere on earth. And it's got to go to the mass media because the people need to know. They have to know in order to even have a hope of reacting appropriately to the information. So they somehow the information has to get out to the masses. But it also, yeah. from a legal standpoint, has to go to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the U.S. Supreme Court should have stepped in and they had the opportunity to last year. And right. Didn't. And and that tells us a lot about them. It tells us a lot about them. Well, now, I, now I circle back around to what I said 10 minutes ago, and that is at the North American Law Center, we don't count on anybody to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. We count on them to do the right thing when they don't have any alternative. So how do you make there be no alternative for the corrupt Supreme Court? Well, I think that's a discussion probably for another day and probably not on open air. But And, and I'm not talking about violently doing it. Right. Believe, we believe in what's called the art of triangulation. If you've ever or never run read the book of Sun Tzu, The Art of War, you should. Uh, I, I did. It, yeah. it explains a lot. Right, right, right. Because that, that will be an issue because they've already shown, for example, they should have stepped in. How did we get much a, earlier. How did we get a seven to nothing decision in Michigan Supreme Court on a liberal court run by Democrats? How did we get that? We triangulated them to, so that by the time they were sitting there and had to make the decision, there was only one decision they could make. Right, right. Yeah, a strategy would have to be done to, to do Correct, that. correct. So how do people support what you're doing? We don't want to forget that and leave people with, with that because I think it needs the, as much support as possible. Um, it, you just go to TNALC or TNALC.org. And you'll right. see a contribute button on there. And there's many ways people contribute. Some people have financial resources and can help us carry the ball here and advance the agenda. Other people don't have the financial resources, especially after a year and a half on lockdown and out of work. Right. And so, you know, that they got a piddly $2,000 for. You know, if anybody can live on $2,000 a year in this country today, I want to know how they do it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and me so, too. And so, um, but... Uh, there's other ways people can contribute. You can be involved on the state and local level to help move these things once we have a strategy in play. And, um, you know, without, you know, without having to come out of pocket financially, you can just you can contribute your time and your energy. You right. can help build. You can help build the coalition of Americans that want these things to get done and are willing to help get them done. You can help that way. There's many ways people can help without coming out of, their, out of their pocket if they don't have the resources to do that. And as I told you before, we don't separate people by, how, you know, if we do make a separation, I have to tell people, between contributors and non-contributors. We have two separate groups and mailing lists in that regard. And the ones who are contributors and, you know, to what we're doing, they get more information, more more classified information, if you will, about strategies than the ones who don't donate, only because 
we have found many times that mm. the people who want to infiltrate us won't if it costs them anything out of their pocket. So they'll get on a mail list with us on the general information side and just oh. sit there while, trying to figure out what we're doing and where we're headed next. And we don't know whether they're somebody that really supports us or somebody that's there to infiltrate. And and but if even if it's five or ten dollars, they usually won't even give five or ten dollars because you know they don't want to support what we're doing. They just want to watch what we're doing. Oh, and that's so interesting. That, you know, for that reason, we separate them. But people right. can donate on a financial end as little as five hundred and as much as they can afford. And okay. so you know, we've had very a lot of five and ten and twenty dollar donors over the years, and we've had a few very large donors over the years that have helped keep us going. And right. so, um, and so, you know, they, but that, you know, um, that depends on what someone's ability to contribute is. Right. You know, everybody right. can contribute something and they should. And if they're not, whether it's with us or somebody else who's doing the right things out there, if you're not actively working with others and contributing to the solutions, then I'm afraid you fall under the category of you are the problem. Right, right, exactly. And and if they have questions about what you're doing or suggestions or anything like that, I guess there are contact forms on the site. Absolutely. People can reach us. Like I said, I'm very easy to find. Uh, and my my email address is on the columns I write and things like that. People can you know people write me every day. All right, um, good. And so it's uh, and I go through them. I read them all. I don't always get to respond to them all. It depends on how many come in. Um, and some of them are just plain attacks. So I once I know what it is, I just delete it and go. I don't right. have time to sit around right. and respond right. to that. You know, so. And your main platform for writing is that News with Views, or are there other ones too like that? That's the that's the main one. I used to be published by a whole laundry list of them, and I used to have over two million readers a week, um, uh, going back several weeks or several years now. And that's yeah. why you can find me easily by just googling the name as those archives. But uh, yeah, exactly. You know, but um, but uh, today, you know, my reach is a fraction of that because I'm not allowed on social media, of course. Yeah, <laughs> of any, yeah. Of any kind. Um, I, you know, I've been booted off of there from six months before the election in 2020. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm like Trump. I'll probably be banned for 20 years, too, or two years or whatever. Uh, yeah. So we communicate privately um, with the people that are helping us, which is, again, the main reason why people should should join and engage so that they are able to get the information without waiting to see a post on Facebook that won't be allowed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's tnalc.org or spelled out the North American Law Center.org. Yeah, when it's all spelled out, I don't think the word D is there. It's just North American Law Center.org. Okay. But the acronym has the T there. Okay, perfect. Um, Any Last little bits of encouragement you'd like to mention after this discussion, what you want people to go away with memory in their mind. I would say every problem on earth has a solution. Yeah. Uh, nobody promised it would be easy. Nobody <laughs> said you could do it without sacrifice or without risk, you, me, or anybody else. Yeah. Um, but uh, my encouragement is this. Every problem has a solution, but in order for it to happen, you have to be a part of that solution. And if enough people are willing to be part of the solution, then we will solve these things. Right. And, uh, and, and I think it can be done actually much easier 
peacefully than violently. You know, you hear people talk about yeah, Second I Civil too. War and all this stuff, and the number of people it would take to do it violently is actually more than it would take, and, and financial resources would be a lot more than it okay. takes to do it peacefully. But when you're doing it peacefully, you have to know what you're doing. You have to know what you're fighting and where to make your fight and how to make your fight strategically so that your opponent, any direction they turn, they walk into a trap you laid. Right, right, right. It's like the guy, what was that in in Korea during the war there, the, a commander in the field was saying, uh, okay, we may be surrounded, but that means we can attack in any direction. That's right. You're surrounded by it. That's great. You can fire in any direction. That's right. Uh, right, right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay. And so, but we don't want to take the shotgun approach like what's going on out there right now because that keeps people from being able to focus on what they actually can and need to do. You know, if we can't solve the 2020 election, I'm here to tell you, we're not going to solve anything. We won't have the ability to solve anything if we don't solve that one. It's and a perfect so, test case. You know, and so we have to solve that first. Otherwise, we have no means to solve anything else. Right, right. Well, right now, it looks hopeful for doing that with the audits. So, well, and again, I'll, I'll leave people with this, you know. Well, what makes you think it's going to work? Well, without you, it probably won't. So everybody is the key person, basically. That's right. That's right. I, I totally agree with that. Um, so when it do, when if it doesn't work, find a mirror. That's who's responsible. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing with your time? Yep. So okay, and I'll encourage everybody to listen to our main interview, which is going to air on six twenty seven, and um, we'll stay in touch. I want to have you back on as soon as the next chapter becomes available, and we'll see how it goes. Always a pleasure, Richard. Thank you, JB. We'll talk to you shortly. You will. Okay, you too. Okay, you guys, that was JB Williams, and I had him on because I was really impressed with talking to him for the recording we made for the main show, which will be on, on June 27th. That's the last Sunday of the month. And I encourage everybody to listen and find out about his site, NorthAmericanLawCenter.org. And I think it's worth supporting. Um, I'm not getting kickbacks for saying that or anything. I just think they're doing a great job. And uh, JB turns out to be an incredible person. I've talked to him a lot off air. And um, I think they're going to have a uh, really positive impact. I actually didn't know what they had already accomplished in Michigan. The story is really interesting. And hopefully something like that can have a successful strategy with what to do with the national audits as soon as they're done. And uh, it's just trying to bring things back to normal, which I totally agree with. We just haven't seen normal for a long time. And we've got some forces that are working against that, including the major media and the education, so-called educational system. But the, the people that make up the country are really there in the country, not the government. And they just have to reverse who's in charge. And I think there are ways to do that without the civil war and the violence idea, because a lot of times that, that happens, and then you get even worse people taking over as a result. And uh, JB's talking about a much better way. 
So that's about it. We're we're late. We're you got to get ready to start Planetary Healing Club in 22 minutes. And if you want to see what that's about, planetaryhealingclub.com. That's getting into deeper aspects of uh, people who want to really pursue these things with mainly working on themselves as a tool to become more effective and working in the outside world. So planetaryhealingclub.com, if you want to see where we are uh, having our various shows online in the midst of all the censorship and all that stuff going on, go to lostartsradio.com. And like JB was saying, if you happen to have the resources to help us financially and you feel like what we're doing is worthwhile, then there are donate buttons on lostartsradio.com and also on subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio. Um, but the main thing is to stay in touch, share the links. We're getting heavily censored, especially with people like JB on. But just mentioning the subjects that are really happening in the world right now uh, gets you shadow banned at the least and then eventually kicked off. So stay in touch with us at lostartsradio.com and it'll say where which free speech platforms we're on like Brideon and BitChute and others. And those are growing as fast as they can. Um, I think that's about it. The main message is uh, take care of yourself, you know, because if you don't do that, your ability to contribute to other people around you and your family and friends and community and country is very limited, which is the reason we have the wonderful medical system making sure that we're all sick all the time. So take care of yourself and then uh, learn as fast as you can about things that are relevant to healing of yourself and the people around you in the whole country. And you're a key person. You're not insignificant because there's 8 billion other people. There's not 8 billion conscious people at the moment. And any single person that decides to assess where they are and start upgrading their own life and their own thought and emotional patterns and all that, and especially what they do, they count more than thousands that are doing nothing and are hypnotized through no fault of their own, but walking around as zombies, and it's going in that direction. So a small number of conscious people are needed to turn that around, and it wouldn't take that many if they really put the attention on it. So again, sorry for being late. We went way over tonight, but I'm glad you got a chance to meet J.B. Williams, and I hope you'll go to his site and check it out. And we'll look forward to seeing you again shortly. Planetary Healing Club in about 17 minutes or so. And the rest of you here again next week. And stay in touch at lostartsradio.com. We'll see you next time. Have a good week. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on subscribestar.com. Just go to subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month, to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. 
With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big text platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the banned ones are on our YouTube channel at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.